And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. Today, as you know from the title, we have Matthew Davidson on the show. Matthew is the lead guitarist for Travis Denning while Travis is on the road. Matthew is also doing a lot of other things. He performs down on Lower Broadway pretty much on a regular basis when he's not on the road with Travis. Um, And you're going to hear all about that here coming up. So I'm not going to get too into it. What I am going to say, though, is this. A big thank you to Matthew for sitting down with us while they came through here in Worcester and off the rails not long ago. Um, we had a great time. We we <laughs> we got into some things. Um, we had a lot of laughs. There's a lot of tea that gets spilled in this episode. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that maybe you didn't know going in. But you know, thank you for tuning in today. A big thank you again to Matthew and a big thank you to the off the rails family for helping set up all of these interviews that we have had through them. Travis Denning being one, Matthew now being another, and then a bunch of others that we've done. We've also done Lanco through them. We've done, um, oh God, with so many, we've done so many Shane Smith and the Saints. Um, you know, so thank you again to a big thank you to off the rails. Um, without them, Jeez, I don't even know where a lot of these episodes would be. But yeah, so sit back, relax, enjoy. Matthew, uh, honestly, one of the most fun in-person interviews I've ever had, including the moment I almost choked to death. So yeah, that's all I could really say uh, without giving out too much. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Thank you for tuning in today. If you're new here to the podcast check us out on all the socials facebook instagram twitter you know the whole nine yards tiktok um we have some things we're going to be starting up so coming very soon we are working on a website um, which is going to have all kinds of cool shit on it so keep an eye out guys we got some big things happening here at the boots and whiskey podcast probably for the second half of 2023 and really ramping up at the start of 2024 2024 is going to be the biggest year we've had to date it is our will be our third anniversary we're going big so again sit back relax or if you're in your car turn the radio up let's do this matthew davidson enjoy we want to give a big thank you to our friends over at off the rails here in worcester massachusetts you can find them at off the rails they have a great restaurant a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. All right. Well, Matthew Davidson. That's right. Do you prefer Matthew or Matt? I usually go by Matthew. Yeah? Yeah. Is that just a... It's born out of stubbornness. Is it? People like assume that I want to be called Matt. <laughs> 
So then I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh god, I got him choking. I literally just choked on my diet coke. That's right. Because I fucking did not expect that answer. I know. It's just like people like oh they god. see the name Matthew and it's like, oh Matt, and I'm like, no, 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 it's Matthew. <laughs> it's not even an ego thing. It's just kind of like, no, I mean, it's a, it, Matthew's the name, Fuck. so. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh. So, um, how does it feel to be at home? It feels great. I got a lot of homes. <laughs> so, can I tell that story, or do you want yeah, to Yeah, why that? not? So, I, um, we sit down here, and I said to Matthew, I said, hey, uh, you know, is it good to be home? Because I've seen Travis and them now a couple times, and Travis has said many times that Matthew Davidson is from Boston. Right. And what did, Boston. You, what did you tell me? Well, it's a little... I guess we we're spilling the beans, but every single show we play, I'm from a different city. <laughs> it's not, but it's not always a show. It's, it'd be a little too unbelievable if I was in this this exact city we played in. Right. So it's usually from a town, you know, 30 minutes to an hour nearby. So it's just believable enough. So people, are, you know, I guess it's more of a more of a thing to just get the you know the yeah. crowd like, oh man, that's cool. He's from nearby. It's a total lie. Um, I'm born and raised in Louisiana my whole life. <sighs> so I've only been in Louisiana and Nashville, but but I have a lot of homes across the country now. That's awesome. Now, how did, so how does that even happen? How does that start? Uh, Travis was doing it uh, before I even joined him. I know with his previous guitar player. I think it was, it's a good little, it's a good little, you know, I think just a, a moment for the crowd to, oh, yeah, yeah, that's hometown kid, you know. I think it's just one of those things just to get the crowd involved. So That's awesome. One, one, of, one of the tricks in the bag, I guess. So how long have you been playing guitar for Travis? I've been with him since June of 2019. Okay, so quite a bit. Quite a bit, so. Now, what were you do? Who were you playing with, or what were you doing before that? Uh, I was in college. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't really playing for any other touring artist. Uh, I moved to Nashville in 2016 to go to college at Belmont University, and you know, obviously, the first couple years there I was just kind of getting my feet wet in the Nashville scene, and started playing downtown on Broadway in Nashville, which I still do to this day a lot. Um, but always knew that you know, the ultimate goal was to be on the road, you know, tour and be able to travel the country, play music, and was fortunate enough through mutual friends, you know, right place, right time kind of thing to get connected with Travis in the summer of 2019 and uh, been with them ever since. And it's been, yeah. it's been a great ride so far. I, lo I love the guys. We have a great time on the road. Sometimes too much fun, but that's what it's, yeah. that's what it's about. That's what it's about, right. Now, how did you, how did you stumble across this gig or were you asked? I was, it was literally, you know, when you move to Nashville, you know, you, you ask people for advice and it's such a cliche word, but people always say networking, networking, but it's, it's really true. I mean, that's, that's how I got this gig. It happened to be, I, I reached out to someone who I knew was in the touring musician world, and it just I just happened to reach out at the right time where the guy the guy asked you know hey man if you hear of anything let me know he had just gotten asked like I think the day before like hey I know this guy named Travis Denning he's looking to you know to to find a new young guitar player, and so literally it was just kind of I asked the right place right time I auditioned and stars aligned and so four years later here we are. That's awesome. Now you mentioned you do a lot of things on Broadway. Correct. Is that just to fill time is that because you love to play so much that you'll just you just want to always play? all of the above i mean obviously part of it's financial i mean it's like sort of like my second job uh right. but growing up in louisiana i, I did the i've been doing the you know the regional cover band type thing since i was 12 years old you know playing surrounding states so when i first moved to nashville that was kind of the first natural progression since i've been used to you know doing you know with my band you know doing cover band type stuff you know broadway is a whole different animal. I mean, that's it's a wild street down there, but yeah. it's 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 really a good place, like you said. I mean, to keep your chops up. I mean, I play four, eight hours a night when I when I do play down there, and um, 
yeah, I mean, it fills time, but also, I mean, I, I love being able to, to play with my band and, and, and entertain the tourists in Nashville and, and make, you know, make money doing it beats, you know, beats working at a, a restaurant or anything you know, like that. <laughs> right, so. Yeah. Now, when you're playing in, on Broadway and stuff, does anybody recognize you from playing with Travis or? You know, sometimes it's happened. A lot of times it's, it's sort of the other way in reverse. You know, I'll ask people because I mean, it feels like everyone comes to Broadway. I mean, Nashville's such a popular destination now. Nine times out of ten, you know, if I see a group that's really into it, you know, I'll ask them, oh, where are you guys from? And without fail, you know, half the, more than half the time they, they name a city that we're going to be at with Travis later on in the year or, or nearby. So I mean, I'll tell them, oh, you know, I'll be in your city in X amount of months, you know, playing with Travis Denning. And I, I can't tell you how many people I've gotten, you know, to Travis shows because, you know, they might have seen me on Broadway. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's been really cool to see that. I mean, because you meet people from all over the country and the world on Broadway. But, I mean, it, it's the guys – joke with me you know most most every show I, I at least have one or two people on the guest list from people that you know That's i've awesome. met i've met in nashville with keeping that central mass vibe going we have to thank our friends over at the dcu center again here in worcester dcucenter.com they are the premier venue here in central massachusetts they are a mid-size arena they're the home of the worcester railers the massachusetts pirates Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. That's awesome. Now, doing this, right, do you think there'll ever be a time where you won't play on Broadway? I mean, baby, I, I think, you know, I'm down there right now three or four nights a week and then sometimes more if, you know, if Travis has a weekend off. And I do love it. Uh, before I joined Travis, I was down there. My gosh, I was doing probably seven or eight shows a week down there just, you know, to, you know, pay rent and stuff. And I, I, I do love it. I mean, I, I don't think there'll ever be a time when I just don't ever want to play on Broadway. I mean, ideally, you know, maybe, you know, if down the road financially I can afford to maybe do it a little bit less, you know, because <laughs> it does make you keep some weird hours. I mean, you know, I usually play till 2.30 in the morning, so my yeah. schedule's kind of gotten lopsided. Thankfully, as a musician, you know, you don't usually have to wake up before noon. Right, right. So, I, I mean, I, I'm – I can't see a time when I never don't want to do it. I mean, I, I, I do love that side of things too, you know, being able to entertain people in that, in that realm too. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I think I'll probably always do it maybe just in a different capacity down the road. Yeah. Now what is, you know, you hear all the time for the people that have never been, um, or have been and just have done the tourist stuff. Um, what is the biggest difference between the Broadway bars and like the Midtown bars? There's yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Nashville is so popular these days. Uh, you know, there, I think probably back when I first moved here, even five or six years ago, there was more of a difference now. But, I mean, Broadway, there's, I can honestly say, you know, after traveling the country with Travis for four years and being to so many different cities and the downtown areas of all these cities, I mean, there's just no place like it. I mean, you have a whole street long blocks filled with bars that have multiple bands inside the same bar on each, you know, each floor. And it's just live music. And there's, there's something for everyone. There's country music. There's rock music. There's DJs if you want the club scene. It's, it's all there on Broadway and it's, you know, it's fun, but it, it, it gets wild, yeah. you know, d- you know, definitely not a place you want to bring the kids past a, a certain time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's a midtown is I've always deemed it a little more local friendly. I mean, there's still okay. tourists down there, but you know, I, I love the bar. There's a couple bars in midtown in particular, red door saloon and losers that, I mean, it'll get touristy on the weekends a little bit, but it's especially during the week, it's kind of geared more towards locals. You know, they have the whiskey jam, the original showcases, riders rounds, Things like that. So it's it's a little less of a wild side than Broadway. It's still fun, but it's just a little more local-centered, uh, I, I think. Now, how how often have you played in those places? 
On the Midtown ones? Yeah. Not not too much. I mean, I've you know, they do have cover bands in those bars, so I've, I've uh, you know, here and there. And sometimes when I'm out just on my night off, I'll sit in with some of my friends if they're playing. But when I'm playing in Nashville, nine times out of ten, it's, you know, on the bars on Broadway. Yeah. Now, for, for being in Nashville and, and doing what you're doing with Travis, like, what sort of connections have you personally made through all of this that, you know, have been really instrumental to what you who you are and what you're doing now right i mean it's a great question i mean you meet so many people in any i mean the music industry is just built on connections and relationships even playing on i mean that's how i got the i met my the guy that got me the travis gig i met him through broadway you know through mutual friends so you know broadway and in in essence it got me the travis gig and then obviously now being on the road with travis for four years you know you start to make friends of other touring musicians with other artists, you know, bands that we've gone on the road for, or open for, you know, you start to really make some really great friends and it's always fun, especially in the summertime when we do, you know, a lot of festivals where, you know, there's a bunch of artists there, you know, you get to see a bunch of your friends that play for different artists and it's uh, it's really one, you know, big sort of dysfunctional family, especially yeah. on Broadway in particular, I mean, because I have my own set of core guys that I use for most of my gigs, but, you know, everyone plays for everyone down there depending on who's available and whatnot. And so, I mean, you just, you just meet so many talented musicians that way and same with on the road i mean you know someone might have a gig with this artist for a few years and all of a sudden you see him with a new artist you know at a different gig so i mean it's just it's constantly forming connections and relationships uh, both broadway and on the road yeah now how does that how does that work for you you know balancing both of this you know being on tour and right being home like how do it's uh you know thankfully i mean about the, the the hardest balance was when i joined travis like i said in, in june of 2019 and that was the summer before my senior year of college so i still had one more year of school left and and balancing college touring and broadway was was very difficult i mean i, I did it i graduated thankfully uh but after i graduated it became a lot more manageable uh, because, you know, with Travis and country music in general, you know, you usually go on on the weekends, Thursday through Sunday type stuff. And right now, you know, just the way my schedule, thankfully, has worked out. And, you know, I'm on Broadway Sunday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday nights. So um, not a lot of time for not a lot of time off. But, you know, thankfully, right. I do what I love. So it doesn't really feel like right. a job. But, yeah, it's more of like Travis is, you know, we're all we're gone, especially in the summer, gone most weekends. And then I'm, I'm, I'm on Broadway on the weeknights. Nice. Nice. Now. What? What made you start playing guitar of all things? Right, that started uh, a while ago. I, you know, I, I had a toy guitar. Well, I think at the age of three. From you know, I've seen photos from my parents, but I mean, you know, that was so young. So like a lot of other you know kids my age, you know, I, I dabbled in baseball. Was never very good at it, but guitar was something I always sort of came back to. Partly because you know my dad was not a musician, but he was an avid music lover. Always had music around the house of people like the Beatles. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton, ZZ Top, and that's what the kind of music I grew up on. You know, I really didn't even start listening to country music until I moved to Nashville, which is kind of a faux pas thing to say, but it's just the truth. Yeah. And uh, so I grew up on classic rock and the blues and that guitar sound, and I was always really drawn to it. And I guess I was probably around second grade when I, you know, finally got my quote-unquote first, you know, real guitar that I, you know, started taking lessons and quickly discovered that I was a lot better at that than anything athletic. <laughs> so from there on, I mean, it just became, I mean, it was a hobby that turned into a passion that turned into a career, thankfully. So it, it's, it started at a young age just based off of my parents both having a love for music and having music around the house, and it's, uh, it's pretty much the only thing I'm good at. So <laughs> <laughs> Now, are you writing any, any music? You know, I, I did dabble in that uh, in high school and going into college a, a little bit, um, and there's some, there's some pretty epic throwback CDs of me that I've tried to scrub off the internet because it was way before I hit puberty so it sounded it sound, you know, like a girl but 
I, I did dabble in that, and I, and I need to get back into it. You know, I, I do like that that side of the creative process. Um, you know, obviously creating, writing your own music, and but with the thing with Travis, it's kind of given me that sort of outlet in its own way because Broadway is, you know, it's awesome. I love it, but you know, it, it does get a little monotonous to play. Man, I feel like a woman. You know, twenty yeah. twenty times a week. Yeah. So when when I was doing just Broadway, you know, after Fears, I was not necessarily getting burnt out, but I was like, ah, I need need something, a little something else, and. Thankfully, when I got the Travis gig, you know, yeah, I'm not writing Travis's music, but it's it's original music that we're getting to play for people who come to hear original music, right. which, is, which is obviously a little bit different than a Broadway scene. Neither is better or worse; it's just different. But it's nice to have sort of both of those outlets now yeah. to uh, to explore. Now, for when are you? Now we got to thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint, our buddy Jonathan. Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out. 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers. I don't want to make it sound like offensive. Or no, you're good. Are, are you just, not just, no, yeah, for, again, are you just a touring member of Travis's camp? We are, yeah. The band, you know, everyone in the band, and the country music in general, with a few exceptions, you know, there's the studio musicians and the touring musicians. Right. You know, more nine times out of ten, you know, you have your A-list studio musicians who are just unbelievable players, like Derek Wills on guitar and everything that that play on a majority of the hit records. And then our job as touring musicians is to learn the parts and then go on the road and play those live. There's a few exceptions with artists that do use their live bands in the studio, but that's how sort of how the Nashville system works and has worked for a while. So yeah, as far as Travis goes, you know, we're not playing on the records, but you know, obviously when you come to the live shows, it'll be us. Yeah. Now, why is it that way? That's a good question. I mean, that's, I feel like it's just been that way and it has been that way in Nashville for a long time. I, I'm not really sure what started it. I think there's pros and cons to it. I mean, I, uh, the pros being, you know, every time we hear, get a new song from Travis, you know, you're, you're learning parts that these A-list musicians played, you know, and, and probably maybe a lot of times out of 10 wouldn't be parts necessarily I would have come up with. Maybe sometimes, but, you know, you, you get to really, it kind of really, you know, expands your musicality, if that's, if that's a word that way. I mean, the cons being, you know, it, it, there is something to be said of the consistency between the band that records in the studio and then playing it live. So it, it was just different, but that's kind of always been, as far as I know, at least the Nashville, more or less the Nashville model since, I mean, decades now. Right. Now, ha has there ever been anything... Or maybe not even with you, but like stories you've heard where um, studio musicians will do a part or a lick or, or whatever, and the uh, either yourself or another touring band member goes, "I can't fucking play that." You know? Oh well, yeah. I mean that that you know. I'm tr thankfully I don't think there's really been too much of that so far, but oh my, all, all the time. I mean it's yeah because you got some of these you know 
studio musicians that that sit in the studio and and come up with just amazing licks like it's nothing you know right. seven days a week and so yeah i mean it keeps you on your toes it goes back to kind of like expanding your musicality it's like you know travis actually has a new song coming out uh you know that has a you know a little slide lick in it and i never really played slide before and was like okay well this is you know, a nice little challenge you know i got to teach myself to play slide it's nothing you know like crazy like derek truck slide but you know it's it's a new skill to learn yeah you know and it's one of those things where it's like all right you know it's this is keeping me on my toes and and I'm sure that happens all the time, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Now, so for, for what you're doing, are you considered like a hired gun? I would say so. I think, I, think we, I think we all are to some extent. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, us and the Travis band right now are, you know, committed to Travis. You know, he's our gig. But, you know, it's just as part of part of it's kind of like on Broadway in general. It's like I hire people for my gigs if they're not available. I just hire someone else. Right. You know, I mean, unless, you know, I'm not, you know, if I, if I had, you know, was paying my Broadway band a salary or something, that'd be a little bit different. Obviously, right. you know, that's not the case. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think hired gun. And it's, it's not to say, you know, we're just constantly, you know, looking for a new gig every weekend. Because right, sure. there, there's nice to, I mean, we've been really fortunate with Travis, you know, uh, to have a, a pretty consistent lineup band, more or less overall, at least since I've been there, you know. And, and, and that really helps a lot because, I mean, it's hard to emphasize how important it is, you know, to really be tight, you know, know how the different guys play off each other so and and in essence yeah we're all hired guns but it is nice to definitely have some uh, consistency when you can now do you have your preferences on where you play on broadway or will you play kind of anywhere the place the place that pays me yeah that's my preference (laughs) you know but i do i I sort of have three right now that i play it every week that are sort of you know what i call home base that's legends corner the stage and dirk's bentley's whiskey row i play there uh, those three bars every week and and have been playing there for a while and you know, I, I pretty much hit almost all the spots on Broadway, at least one time or another. But those three, they've always treated me very well. They're always fun, always good crowds, and we we always love playing there. Now, what are, you know, because I've had the chance to get down on Broadway. This was years ago right. now. Um, what are some of the things at some of these bars that, you know, as a musician, you know, forget about the tourist part, but right. as a musician that you look for that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Tootsie's has that, old red doesn't have or if right. you know dirks has that maybe you know the stage doesn't for sure have that, you know that's what as far as a, from a musician standpoint obviously you want booking agents and people in charge of the bars that respect the musicians right the stage legends corner whiskey row have always been amazing at that you know you know your booking agents because there's different people that book each broadway bar it's not like there's one person that books all of broadway yeah, that yeah. make my life a lot easier but but there right. but there's not so you look for that obviously um Another thing you look for is, you know, as basic as do they have a good sound system? Do they have good backline gear? Are they a popular bar? Are people going to go to it? Right. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole different things. I mean, with the stage and, and Legends Corner in particular, the owners there, I'm, I remember during COVID, you know, because a lot of the bands, you know, were getting their shifts were gone because the right. bars weren't open. The owners stepped in and, and, and paid for the bands that lost some of their shifts. And it's just little things like that that make, man, they, they really respect the musicians were some bars. I don't want to name them <coughs> Tootsie's, but <laughs> you know they they have a reputation, unfortunately, for really really not treating musicians as well as they could. Right. Because these bars are making a killing right. every night. I mean, oh, yeah. just so much money, and and so bars like the Stage, Legends Corner, Whiskey Row that have really, in my experience, always treated musicians with respect. You know, took take care of them. You know, don't take advantage of them. Don't treat them like dirt. That really goes a long way uh, to when you when you're when you're looking at what bars you want to play at and what bars you don't want to. Yeah. Now, for 
for the time you've been there and the people you've seen, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go. For sure. Um, is there anybody that's, you know, making their way up or even on the scene now that you saw when they either first came to town or whatever and you're like, damn, I remember when, you know, so-and-so is just for play, sure. I mean, play it on the corner. For, no, it, yeah, know. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, obviously, honestly, sort of my story on Broadway is kind of similar to that. I mean, the first quote-unquote regular shift I got on Broadway was a Wednesday night, 10 to 2, 2 a.m. in the wintertime at a, you know, a bar that, you know, wasn't the most popular one. I was playing to maybe three people a night at most, but I was just happy to be there. Right. And that bar led me to get gigs at other bars, and, you know, it is, it's, it is kind of like you have to work your way up to prove it, because when I first started trying to get into the Broadway scene, it was a lot of cold calls, a lot of emails, a lot of texting, double texting, triple texting, because from the bar's point of view, which obviously makes sense, why would they hire a new band when they have 15 bajillion bands they know they could use right. so breaking into the scene at first just like breaking into the touring world the first one is always the hardest mm. you know because it's you, get, you have to find someone that's willing to take a gamble on the on the quote new kid right. uh, i have had a lot of friends that started playing around the same time i did on broadway you know we all started playing not so ideal shifts and now thankfully you know worked up to more main stage prime time shifts it's just you know it's just a, it's just about showing up doing your job and 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 knowing what your role is the thing about broadway which i think some people you know don't get or maybe don't want to get which i get it but it is a show but at the same time you're there to make yourself money and the bar money and then if the bar's selling alcohol and making money they're going to keep hiring you right and so and what does that mean it's like you're not if you have a packed house you're not going to play three ballads in a row you're not going to play your original music broadway is not the place for it there's right. plenty of other places for it in nashville and i think i learned that thankfully pretty pretty easily early on but there's there are, are some people i know that maybe have a resentment towards broadway for that which i understand you know I think there's a fine balance between obviously not sacrificing your musical integrity and show aspect, but also realizing that Broadway is not the same as a Travis Denning show. Right. You know, when we're not playing for a Travis Denning show, we're there to make Travis sound good. People bought tickets to see Travis. They want to hear his music. And that's great. Mm. When we go to Broadway, if they want $20 for Wagon Wheel the third time in a night, fine. Right. You know, it's just, is what it is. Right. And, and people can hate it. They love it. I mean, I've always just said, you know, if, if you're complaining about making a living playing music, then Broadway's not the place for you. Right. Right. You know, I, I like that you said that about um, a Travis show and people coming to wanting to see his original music. Right. Now, anybody that knows Travis's catalog, right? And we're only really talking about Travis because you're you play guitar for Travis, exactly. right? Um, if you were playing guitar for Darius Rucker, that's who we'd be, that's right. who we'd be talking about. Um I see it a lot, well, maybe not a lot, but more often than not, unfortunately, where some of these guys that have original music will Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. The best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at tipsymusic on all socials. Long live live music. Play covers, right? Correct. Now, I'm sure there might be a cover of two in Travis's set. There will be. I don't know. I don't. I've, I've actually never seen Travis headline. I've only seen him right, open. open and, yep. And that was all of his music. Right. Now, I'm not going to talk shit about anybody, 
I'll tell you who it was when we uh, get off of this. <laughs> okay. Um, there was an artist here we covered here at Off the Rails we covered a couple of weeks ago. And I would say, let's say that artist played 20 songs, right? Easily half of those songs were covers. Wow, that's interesting. Now, is why, why do you think a headlining artist would do something like that? I would say uh, definitely not. I wouldn't think it's the norm. I mean, like you said with Travis, we, you know, we have one or two covers. Uh, and it makes sense in, in certain instances. Obviously, Travis is still you know, a relatively newer artist, up and coming. So, you know, not every song, it's not like Morgan Wall when you have to decide which number one not to play. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, right. so a lot of times the one or two covers can be a good moment to have some familiarity right. in the set, mixed in with obviously your originals. But you, obviously, if you're a headline artist that people are buying tickets for, yeah, you don't want to, it's kind of like, I've always joked, we, we'll joke with the guys because they know I play on Broadway. They're like, we don't want to go full Broadway. It's like, and that's not a, not a dig on Broadway, no. but it's just, it's like people, people bought tickets to hear your and your music. Yeah, there's going to be some original songs we played tonight. People might not know as well as you know after a few or Abby. Right. But you know, obviously, the, hopefully they'll still enjoy it or know it a little bit. And if they don't, they'll hear it and be, oh, I need to go home and look that song up. Right. You know, if we if people came here and we played, like you said, you know, half, you know, if we just played Toby Keith Power Hour here, I mean, they, would they like it? Sure, it'd probably oh, yeah. sound oh, great. Yeah. They'd be singing along, but then they they leave and go, well, I mean, that was Travis puts on a good show, but like, you know, I didn't get to hear a lot of his own music. Right. Exactly. So. You know, and, and sing. I've found that a lot of newer artists, you know, do that, throw on a few covers, which I think is totally appropriate. And sometimes even the big artists, you know, Luke Combs, you know, cover Brand New Man. Right. And it's, it could be a great moment. But yeah, as far as touring artists that are doing half their sets that are covers, I mean, look, whatever works for some people might not work for others, but I, I can tell you, at least in the Travis show, you know, we'll throw in a. And even when we do covers, you know, we try to find covers that are familiar, but also maybe a little not quite as mainstream, sure. so to speak. Yeah. I mean, we we do a cover of White House Road by Tyler Childers, you know, which obviously a lot of people know Tyler Childers, but it, it's not like we're covering Chicken Fried. Right. Right. So, and nothing nothing <laughs> right. against people that do. I right. mean, I, I'll, I'll be doing it tomorrow night on Broadway. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's finding that line between something that's familiar, but also maybe a little bit of a break from the original music just to, you know, change it up a little bit. But definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely not turning into a cover set for sure. You know, like for, to me, my, my thought and opinion, like, after that show, actually during that show, I tweeted out, I was like, why the fuck would anybody that's had a headline gig that has hits on the radio right. be half of their set be a be covers? That is that is very odd. And I like, mean, you know, for me, right. like, trust me, I'm just, you know, more or less a press guy, right? <laughs> but like that's I can't wait to hear the, I can't wait to hear who this is after you even get off. Oh god. I think I think it might Call be Call TMZ. Or you <laughs> or it might not. Um and like I honestly I wanted to like call it out. A lot more than I did but this artist is also on a trajectory that it's gonna be bigger than it is for sure you know and it's already big so like I don't maybe it's growing pains maybe maybe uh, it could be too you know a lot of times uh, maybe they don't realize how it sounds weird to say maybe they don't realize how successful they are and right. people, they just think oh man they want to hear covers because they gotta have something I know and I I mean I'm, I'm not in obviously that world as an artist touring wise but I can imagine it can be daunting especially at first you know playing a bunch of original music and seeing sometimes people might just be kind of giving you a deer in the headlights look because right. they don't know it but that's just kind of part right. of it you know it's just you part, know, part of being growing your career as an artist right. I would assume you know it was one of those things where maybe a little bit of it is me being bitter because this artist I've set up two interviews with and at the last minute their team pulled it but whatever that's neither right. here nor there but um you know i would expect you know nate tonight that's opening for you to come out and play a you know a 45 minute set of covers you know i i wouldn't expect nate to come out here and play 
45 minutes of original. Right. You know, because that's not necessarily what that opening act, especially in this kind of scenario, right. is hired to do. But yeah, yeah. whatever. Who am I? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't make those decisions, unfortunately. Um, so you get the Travis thing. You got the Broadway thing. Is there anything else that you're doing on the side or with other people that you can talk about? Um, yeah, I've, I've played a few shows and have some more coming up with a really great up-and-coming artist as well named Mackenzie Carpenter. Um, uh, she's on Big Machine, signed to Big Machine. She's got, got some re really great songs out. and she, I met her through Belmont. We had a class together. Um, she was At that point, I think she was mainly just doing songwriting, but it was kind of funny. You know, we, we, we sat together in a class and just had mutual friends. We're never, you know, close personal friends, but, you know, always knew of each other. And last fall, we did a, uh, Travis did a tour as direct support for Jake Owen. On a, it was like a little 15-date fall tour with Jake Owen, and, and Travis's team was telling us, yeah, it's going to be us as direct support. And there's this new girl, uh, her name's Mackenzie Carpenter. She's opening before Travis. And I was like, no kidding. And so I hit up Mackenzie, and I was like, hey, you need a guitar player? <laughs> you know, I'm already going to be there. Right. And, and she was just getting started, and that's, you know, thankfully turned into me playing some really great festivals with her this year and got some more coming up, just filling in the gaps, you know, when Travis is not playing. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it sort of like goes back to the hired gun thing. It's like, you know, if, if Travis is someone or someone whoever is not booked, you know, we got to make money somehow. Right. And Mackenzie's awesome. She's she's really new, but she's killing the game. She's got some really great songs out. Just released her first EP about a month or so ago, and and so it's and I, it's kind of fun to see that kind of Belmont connection really yeah. come to fruition on the road. I'm not. I can't. I can never remember if it's her or somebody else because all the. Again, this is nothing against the young ladies coming up, but I there's feel so like many. There, there's so many. So many. I feel like they're all. They're all the same. Not they're not right, but I feel like they all have that like same name. Mackenzie. There's Mackenzie Carpenter, Mackenzie Porter, right? Like Megan Maroney, right? There's, there's so many. There's, um, yeah. but I think her new drummer is a is a buddy of mine. I can't remember, right? And I'll I'll text him after and be like, hey, who is it you're drumming right. for now? Um, but yeah, so I wanted to go back. Who was who are some of those artists that you've seen come up that you know might be recognizable now from when you were. First came around. Well, Mackenzie Carpenter's one. Um, Ashley Cook, uh, another up and coming cutter artist, killing the game. Met her through Belmont. Um, a, a sister duo called Tiger Lily Gold. Mm -hmm. Met them through Belmont. Actually played with them. They don't do it anymore, but they used to play on Broadway before they really kind of started taking off. Met them there. Uh, another up and coming country artist named Patrick Murphy, a great friend of mine. Uh, and these are all just Belmont people, you know, that were doing the artist thing then. And it's really cool to see how a lot of them were able to take what they learned and did at Belmont. And, you know, switch that into something that's in the real world. You know, they're actually yeah. out there doing it. Nice. Nice. So I'm sure you got plenty of shit to do this afternoon. But um, I got nothing to do but sleep and eat. That's and awesome. maybe have a few drinks. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, so we talked earlier about Jack Honey. And that's I brought, I brought <laughs> yes. you some Jack Honey. I appreciate it. Um, do you have any other whiskeys of choice? Whatever kind of people buy me. That's fair. Fa favorite type of drink is a free one. That's true. That's but, true. you know, I'm on the road, it's on Broadway, too. I mean, who am I kidding? It's one of those things where, you know, music, I joke with my my sister is an actuary, which don't ask me to tell you what that is, but she's she's making a hell of a lot more money than me, but I always joke with her. I'm saying, yeah, but can you drink on your job? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but, you, you know, it's as far as that, but, oh, no, we're, you know, Travis is a fan of the traditional Jack and Diet Coke, so yeah. there's never any shortage of Jack around uh, when we're on the road, but it's one of those things with country music, man. It's It's, you know... You don't obviously you don't want to come across as saying you have to drink to enjoy country music because that is, no, couldn't no, no. be further from the truth. But it's part of the culture. Yeah, I mean it's just part of it. Um, and so it's it's enjoy it responsibly. But we all we have a good time. But man, I appreciate the Jack Honey. Yeah, guys. hell yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, 
in we'll, the we'll be digging into it later, I'm sure. Uh, glass there. That's right. Um, yeah. Now, what about your boots? Do you wear? You like wearing boots? Do you wear boots? I do. I have a pair of Tacovas, and then I have a pair of snakeskin boots that are from uh, uh, sort of an off-brand. Uh, it's called Straight to Hell Apparel, which the name is kind of aggressive, but no, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I, you know, maybe one day when I can afford the thousand dollar Lucases. <laughs> Or you know maybe 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 we'll at some point get a get a sponsorship. Who knows? But yeah. no, I mean I, I love it. I mean I, it's funny that you mentioned boots. Last night we were in Canada and I didn't wear boots because it was raining and the catwalk was slick as hell. And I thought for sure I'm going to bust my ass if I if I if I wear some boots out there. But no, Travis has got some really slick Lucchese's. I, I wear Tacovas and whatever 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 fits and looks good on a budget. Yeah, that's that's my favorite type of boot. Now what? <laughs> how is that played in the rain? Oh, it sucks. This <laughs> yeah. is never fun. Luckily, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a downpour. I mean, and I, I, I got to say, you know, I'm glad there's people out there that will because, I mean, th- even last night it was maybe 55 degrees, a breeze, raining, and people were still out there losing their minds for country music. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's really true. I mean, country music fans, uh, and the more we travel, I mean, because you see all these photos from festivals, you know, people just drenched in mud, and but, but they're having the time of their lives. Right. They love it. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's awesome to see. I mean, thankfully tonight we're inside a nice venue, but there's there's been plenty of times when we've been in absolute mud pits. Yeah. You know, whether it's a county fair, you know, but people, country music fans are a different breed. They they yeah. they, they come out and support no matter what the conditions are. That's awesome. Now, for you, outside of touring with Travis or anything else, is there anything that you're doing on your own this year for the rest of the year that that Man, you might I mean, not too much really. I mean, I mean, thankfully Travis is keeping us pretty busy, and then. When I'm not with him, I'm usually on Broadway or with McKenzie here and there. Um, so between those three things, I mean, there's not much more time for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for too many more act- activities. But when I'm at home, you know, I like to I usually catch up on my sleep some. And I'm a big fan of pickleball. I've gotten into that recently. Yeah. You know, we got into that on the road last year. We were out with Dirks Bentley, and their crew was really big into it. And that's we've kind of we've kind of taken that w- with us. So that's what I mean. Besides that, though, it's it's pretty much all music all the time, which which is what I love. So I'm not complaining. That's awesome. Well, Matt, thanks for Matthew. <laughs> that's right it's just, it's just habit I, I, I don't blame you I don't blame you you know it's, it really is <laughs> um, thanks for thanks for coming in thanks, and thanks for having me man. I appreciate it thanks yeah. for the alcohol it's going to be a good show tonight oh, we're looking yeah. forward yeah, to I'm it excited thanks man awesome appreciate it also don't forget our friends over at hogwashandrhinestones.com our good friend Ray is the owner over there she makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between some really big names have worn her stuff that's hogwash the letter n rhinestones.com check them out tell them the boots and whiskey podcast sent you you won't be disappointed check them out hogwash and rhinestones.com so i forgot to mention first of all wasn't that a fun episode? Did you hear me choke to death at the beginning? Because I still feel like the biggest asshat in the world from that. But it was hilarious. Um, literally, soda out the nose. Now you have a picture. It was a fucking shit show. But what I forgot to mention in our intro is that this weekend coming, we have Luke Combs here at Gillette Stadium. We will be there Saturday night for... That show for certain, we're still not sure about Friday. Um, We are waiting to hear back about that. So Saturday for sure, stick around for all of our socials. We're going to fucking blow it up um, this weekend. So stay tuned for that. Again, a big thank you to Matthew and his personality and everything. Um, We had a great time in Worcester. We uh, had a couple of drinks together during the show, at the show, over the show. 
after the show. <laughs> Met some really cool friends from that show. So again, thank you everybody for tuning in here to the Boots of Whiskey podcast. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I can't, you know, I know I say it every week, but without you guys, there's no show. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're new here, please go check us out on all of our socials. Um, you know, we're doing some cool shit. We also, like I said in the commercial at the very, very beginning, we have that um, brand ambassador thing going on with Web Western. If you go to webwestern.com and you buy something, use the promo code BOOTS21 at checkout. You get 10% off. Why wouldn't you do that? 10% off is huge. Um, so we got a bunch of stuff coming in from them. So you're going to start seeing us wearing Web Western everything. Um, so again, a big thank you to those guys over there. Um, next week we have Lane Lorino. I always fuck up her name and I'm so sorry, Lane. Um, I, I'm going to have to get the correct pronunciation, but she's killing it. She's coming up real big, real, real big. You're not going to want to miss that episode. It was, it was fun. Um, you know, new to the whole thing. You could kind of tell a little bit from that, but she's such a sweetheart. Um, Lane Loreno. I say Loreno. I, you know what? Fuck it. Come back next week and find out. Uh, but until then, guys, remember here at the Boots of Whiskey podcast, it's all about real people, real conversations, real stories, real country. So thank you guys so much. Until next time, guys, keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers. <laughs>